There's something really curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. I'm really sorry that we haven't put out anything for July. It was really, really manic in July, but we're going to make up for it. But it's not going to be the usual guide to the skies, although there will be something to look out for. Um, we have been involved with a, a couple of things that have happened throughout July, and uh, we wanted to talk about that. So I am going to bring in... Ross Hockham in a moment from UK Astronomy. Hi Ross, how you doing? Very well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, doing good, doing good. Awesome. The thing we want to, or a couple of things we want to talk about, but the main thing is obviously the Moon Day event that uh, UK Astronomy and Owsbury Town Council put together, and it was an amazing event. First of all, before we go anywhere with this, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me along to, to be part of it. Oh, mate, we couldn't have done it without you. Remember, remember, you are the rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> I might know about the skies, but no one knows rockets more than you. So we needed you there. And there is a theme with that throughout this episode, actually. Um, <laughs> yes, ac- accidental. <laughs> We're going to go on about the moon day and uh, another thing that happened as well. But there is something going on in the skies this month, isn't there? I've got to talk about it. Like Generally, up in the sky, it's the usual stuff. There's nothing really extraordinary going on. It's the usual planets moving about, moon moving about, bits and bobs. But it's it's August, and hopefully most people now will know that August there's a, a massive meteor shower, which is one of the best of the year. The next best one, I think, is in December, and uh, it's the Perseid meteor shower. So I have to talk about it because there's going to be a lot more shooting stars up in the sky, pretty much. So what it is is quickly, there's a comet called Swift-Tuttle that goes around the sun, and it leaves a big trail behind it, pretty much, like a big dust trail. The Earth then moves through that dust trail, and that creates slightly more shooting stars than you'd usually see. I know papers always big it up and say, oh, you're going to see hundreds, 120. That's in, like, amazing peak, you know, the best conditions ever. Unfortunately, the moon is up when it's happening all through the month, mainly. So it's going to wash out a few. But you're still going to see quite a lot. From what I've heard, they're saying like 50, 60, something like that. And that's, but that's within an hour. So, you know, you might be sitting there. A few minutes go by, I don't see anything. Five minutes, you might suddenly see two. You might see a huge one. You might see a little one. So it's completely dependent. Remember, it's just a, a dust trail we're going through. So no one can really predict the density of what part we're going through and how it's happening. But all through August, have a look up. What you're looking for really is if you can see the W in the sky, which is Cassiopeia, just below that, pretty much at the head of Perseus, is where it comes from. So after sort of like 10 o'clock ish, the later it is, the better because it, it moves up higher in the sky. But as soon as it gets dark, why not go and have a look? Because it will streak across the sky sometimes. And uh, yeah, that's the main thing for the month to, to go out and have a look because you never know. I think the most I've seen is 67 in sort of like an hour, an hour and a half. So they are out there. And the darker sky, the better. As I said, moon is in the way, but if you're there looking, got a telescope, have a peek at the moon as well, some binoculars, why not? So they peak, I believe, sort of like the 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that, sort of mid-month is the peak time when they're going to get the most happening in a night. But it's a sort of like two, three, four week. It started last month, but it slowly builds up to the peak and then fades away again. So look throughout the month, just go up, have a look out, see what you can see. The planets are up as well, Jupiter and Saturn. So why not go out and enjoy yourself for the night? And if you want a little bit more information, go to the show notes and there'll be a little bit on there about it also. Now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about something um, that was a bit unexpected and it was good fun. So bear with us and we'll be right back. I'm Matt Damon. I play astronaut Mark Watney in The Martian. In the story, my character is accidentally stranded on Mars. Sending people to Mars and returning them safely is the challenge of a generation. The whole world held its breath when the Curiosity rover landed in 2012. The boot prints of astronauts will follow those rover tracks thanks to innovations happening today. 
NASA's journey to Mars begins on the International Space Station, some 250 miles overhead, where we're learning how humans can thrive over long periods without gravity. Here at home, people are working across the country on the new Orion spacecraft and Space Launch System rocket that will carry astronauts farther than ever before. When we invent new technologies for exploration, it benefits all of humanity. But more than that, the journey to Mars will forever change our history books, rewriting what we know about the Red Planet and expanding a human presence deeper into the solar system. Follow NASA's journey to Mars at www.nasa.gov. This is TGP Nominal. Towards the end of June, I got a message from one of our honorary crew members, uh, a guy called Dr. Ryan Kobrick, who is a professor at the Embry-Riddle Aeronautics and Space University in Florida, saying that he was going to be in the UK and did we want to hook up? By the way, hook up in the UK means something completely different than it does in America. Um... (laughs) It means meat. Yes. <laughs> Which you were a bit anxious about it, him being a professor and everything, because you thought, you thought, well, hang on a minute, he's going to be intellectually way off my scale. And I said, look, don't worry about it, he's cool, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of things going on in London at the moment um, to do with space. And I thought, well, Ryan is based in London at that point, and let's go and see what we can find that would be interesting for him to go and see and we can go and see and uh, just have a good laugh so I looked some stuff up and I found out that the Museum of the Moon exhibition which has been touring all around the UK is having a residency at the Natural History Museum right up until January next year and also you've got the Summer of Space that are taking place at the Science Museum as well so I thought well we could probably kill two birds with one stone and do both if it works out right um so i got in touch with both museums and that part of it didn't actually work out did it <laughs> uh, no <laughs> <laughs> um so but there was there was a big event coming up we happened to be uh they were probably busy with knowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we didn't actually get official permission to record or do anything actually on site so we didn't we took some photographs and stuff and we just went around and um we first of all went to the museum of the moon exhibition um your first thoughts of of that well i heard a lot about it and everywhere i went it went somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) every time i was in wales for a bit i went to wales on holiday and it went the complete other side of the country i was like oh man i've just been chasing this moon around pretty much everywhere so i i literally from pictures i thought it was like a big like massive marble almost from what i saw of it and i thought Oh, I wonder, wonder what it's made of, what it's done. So then kind of like, it was a dark room, wasn't it? It was a long, dark room. Yeah. And you walked in there, and there it was, just shining there. And it did, it looked cool, didn't it? It did look cool. Yeah. It was, sitting it up in the thing. It's about 20 foot across, I'd say. It is massive. Um, yeah. And the way they've done the lighting in there, it did look very atmospheric. The only thing is, there's not a lot of information. I think they could have done a bit more information about the moon and stuff. Uh, apparently, they did have audio recordings playing in every now and then and sounds of um, Saturn V rockets and stuff, which apparently was really loud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't we didn't hear that bit. No, no, I totally agree. Like the, they had walls down the side, but there wasn't really there was, there was nothing on them, was there? It was just they were just black walls. Yeah. So it would have been nice, you know, not maybe not for me, but for like you know kids and stuff going in there to maybe have a few things on the wall, just saying, you know, can you find this crater? Can you see this? Where's this? This crater's famous for the Apollo Eleven landing thing, considering it was you know coming up <laughs> and things like that. But it's not a criticism. It's kind of it's cool to walk in and see. And I'm guessing most people probably went there for the Natural History Museum, and that was just a little extra. Oh, let's go and see the moon it would look cool me being me you know i'm like my wife calls me the a showman now (laughs) (laughs) the greatest showman of astronomy apparently i like to you know i like to make a show of it don't i I like to have all stuff up and Mm -hmm. so it might might just be me being over (laughs) dramatic ryan also mentioned that as well that it was a bit um 
under researched if you like but visually it was it was pretty stunning actually yeah it was really good and well, it was we, really good we got a nice selfie with the three of us <laughs> we did yeah. <laughs> under the moon <laughs> yeah you have to stick that on the notes definitely so from there we took a walk round the corner it's literally minutes isn't it from the science museum I think all the major museums are in that kind of vicinity so I know just over the road you've got the Victoria and Albert Museum as well so we walked around uh, to the Science Museum and that was really interesting because whilst we were walking around different parts of it, Ryan was telling us different things about the uh, the, the Apollo space program. We were learning stuff from him uh, as we were walking around and uh, they've got some really interesting stuff in there. I mean, they've got a, a full-size reproduction of the lunar module, the lunar lander, and they've actually got the capsule from uh, Apollo 10. Apollo 10 is uh, quite an important mission because it was the dress rehearsal, if you like, for Apollo 11. It actually had everything on board mm. to be able to land. They, they actually were given permission to land if they wanted to. But um, it would have changed the whole course of history because it wouldn't have been the Eagle has landed it would have been mm-hmm. Snoopy has landed. So it hasn't got quite the same ring to it, has it? <laughs> no, completely different. <laughs> the Snoopy has landed. <laughs> cool. Awesome. That's what I call it. <laughs> Whereas uh, Apollo was um, Columbia and Eagle, they were Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Yeah. So Maybe that's why they didn't. Maybe they sat there and thought, yeah, let's do it. Hang on a minute. That doesn't sound right. No. <laughs> What's it? No, we can't do it. Can we change the name of our uh, spaceship, Houston? No? Right, okay, we're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) It's the actual capsule from Apollo 10 at the Science Museum. On loan, I must say. It's not that they don't own it. It's, It's on loan from NASA. They had all the patches as well, didn't they? Yeah, they had a load of patches around it, and and a rather dodgy looking spacesuit. Yeah, (laughs) I recall that. I do recall that. It it didn't even have the the proper patch on it. It was a piece of paper that had been stuck on with a bit of sellotape by the looks of it. Yeah, I I think it was just a kind of you know a a remake. (laughs) The the kids at the end of the day are not going to know. Yeah, It's, it's, it's only. I mean, I didn't notice it at first until Ryan pointed it out, and I was like, oh, yeah, that is a bit... Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's, it's only us sad geeks that know. <laughs> noticed it and um, there was a couple of experiments and things in there which kind of inspired a couple of the bits and pieces that you had for um, Moon Day as well Uh, as we went round we were going oh that's a good idea Mm, that's not a bad idea (laughs) well I was was on a researching thing wasn't I because I had to write a talk about the Apollo lander yeah, and that for the uh, the event that came up. Yeah. So yeah, for me it was research, and to meet somebody, what do you say? Chances were sort of sixty percent chance 60% of becoming an astronaut. Chance of becoming an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> Did we see uh, Britain's rocket? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the the original rockets. We we saw the Black Arrow, affectionately known as the lipstick rocket because of the big <laughs> red tip that it's got on the end of the nose cone but yeah it's uh, an amazing rocket how it's propelled i mean it, it was done using hydrogen peroxide as as the oxidizer and it worked first time even though the project got actually cancelled before they actually got it to australia to launch the rocket but the engineers and everybody involved were like oh we didn't see that message it didn't come through um <laughs> we're launching anyway well it's all there Yep. Just do it. It's all been paid for and everything. Let's see if it worked. And it worked perfectly. And um, it was a bit of sweet pill, really. It's just a shame, really, isn't it, that, you know, whoever, you know, our government or whoever didn't really push for... Well, they basically, the British government said that there is no place in space for Britain. Um, mm, there's plenty of room in space, though. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had designs for a satellite a good year before Sputnik went up. And if their government had got its finger out and let them go ahead with it, we would have been the leaders of the space race. But that instead, we're happen. forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something else. Yeah. 
Well, we are starting to get there now with this new um, space launching facilities that they're putting in the UK, up in Scotland and down in Cornwall. You know, we're going to not quite as big as the rockets that SpaceX are sending up, but small acorns and that. It's a start. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I mean, when this SLS, the space launch system, goes up with the Orion on it and everything, it's got a uh, service module built by the European Space Agency in Stevenage. Not far then. Well, not far from us. Well, not far from me. It's about seven (laughs) seven miles from me. But yeah, I've been to uh, Stevenage a couple of times. <laughs> we have got some involvement with uh, the crewed missions that are going to be going out there, you know. It's possible if they carry on using the same service modules right the way through, um, we might have some involvement with sending people to the moon. Fingers crossed. We need to go back to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Like, when I was doing my talks and that about it, I was like, you need to, so we need to go. Like, to just to sit down and watch one launch. And, you know, because now with the social media, how it is, you can, you'd be able to watch everything. You can have a party at home with it, watching it all, get kids to all, you know, they can properly get engaged with it. It'd be amazing. It's got to be done, even if it's just for, like, morale. <laughs> Talking of going back to the moon, we um, actually saw some ideas for building moon habitats while we were at the museum, didn't we? They did, yeah. They had them there, didn't they? Yeah, they had these kind, of, and, uh, these kind of bricks that they were making out of imitation regolith, moon regolith. And it's pretty pretty impressive the, what they've got there for that yeah 3d printed stuff as well weren't they they're talking about doing yep 3d printed bits for the moon and covering it with a send a digger there or something wasn't it to sort of cover up basically yeah either um, go underground or cover it up with moon dust <laughs> basically they're going to make uh bricks out of moon dust or regolith mm. uh, with a 3d printer to make this kind of like concrete stuff and it's all automated it's all done with robots and then uh, a big bulldozer thing comes along and covers these uh, constructions in more moon dust to make it uh, a protection screen from radiation and all that kind of stuff that you'd get up on the moon. Yeah, so all the buildings will be constructed before the astronauts get there. So all they've got to do is move in. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Where do I sign up? Free, free moon house, anyone? But yeah, it was a really great, great day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, and it was. And uh, it was. He was a really good chap, wasn't he, to chat to? Yeah, he really, was. Really, really down to earth. Good laugh. I mean, I've I've known Ryan for a few years now uh, because of his involvement with Yuri's Night, um, and he was probably one of my first contacts with with uh, anyone at Yuri's Night. And from that point, the people were really easy to get on with. Ryan's done a lot of stuff for us in the past. I mean, he did that uh, questions and answers thing for us when he was at the the Mars Research Station on, in Utah. He's done a, a lot of other things for us as well. Um, he's been on the show for Yuri's Night episodes, and uh, and that was the reason why we made him one of our honorary crew members. So it was great to meet up with him eventually. Um, and he, he's uh, he's been touring a lot lately because he started off his UK tour in Wales and then went on to London and then from there he went on to Greece and then went to Germany and at the moment he's in Canada. Gets around a bit then. So yeah, he was just saying that um, his little daughter, she is only seven months old and has visited five countries. <laughs> in, in her seven months done better than me <laughs> 30, 37 years <laughs> uh, another thing I'd like to mention that some of his students have become interns for other places in the in the space industry so some of them have got uh, internships at NASA some of them have got uh, uh, other corporate entities involved in the space industry so that's really cool that some of these students have actually been taken on board by some of the big boys inspiring others eh yeah definitely he must be so chuffed (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to take another short break and when we come back we're going to be talking about moon day good morning it's t minus 45 minutes until the final countdown commences in less than one hour if all goes according to plan the three members of the apollo 11 crew will blast off in there my father's name was edwin eugene alder has dreamt of mankind's greatest adventure i became buzz destination the moon 
We looked back at the earth and watched it get smaller. Oh, it was beautiful. Apollo 11, this is Houston. I've got the morning news here if you're interested, over. Go ahead, Houston. An Irishman has won the world's porridge eating championship by consuming 23 bowls of instant oatmeal. I'd like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time. He's on his 19th bowl. Roger. Human nature and curiosity is to explore the world around us. And the world around us includes way beyond. Go, Houston, you're a Delta landing, over. I did anything, go for landing. Roger, 1202, we copy it. We're go, St. Ike, we're go. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Beautiful. The next generation of explorers should not ever give up. Houston, we have a problem. This is TGP Nominal. So welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. So we're going to talk a bit about Moon Day, but before we do, Moon Day is to do with the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landings. Now, I was watching uh, some clips on YouTube and stuff like that, and I came across this. Well, it was a link to something to do with the moon landings on BBC Newcastle and I thought I'd play this in because it is just ridiculous but just (laughs) take a listen to this 50 years ago today NASA launched the Space Shuttle which of course would take man to moon to the moon for the very first time yeah I'll I'll give you a clue it wasn't the moon bit (laughs) (laughs) shuttle yeah (laughs) I'm no expert on that sort of stuff, but I know. (laughs) Even my mum picked up on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all know. We've all done it. I can't say anything, really. Yeah, journalists, honestly. (laughs) So, Moon Day. Yes. How did that come about? Well... It was kind of an accident in a way. We met up with a lady called Ruth, who uh, is kind of a friend of my wife's, but happens to run Aylesbury Council. Ruth May, who we're talking about here at Aylesbury Town yes. Council. Um, before... You'll know better because you live there. <laughs> <laughs> before we, we go on, I'd just like to point out that she doesn't run Aylesbury Town Council. She's the events organiser for Aylesbury Town Council. <laughs> But she's the only lady I know, so yeah. in my head she and, runs it. And she, well, she does pretty much run a really tight ship when it comes to yeah. um, running the events, and she does arrange some really cool stuff. We do Park Life, which is coming up this month as well, which is a big festival in Aylesbury where we go and you know we do solar stuff for them, looking at the sun safely, and then we do actual astronomy in the evening. So we already know her through doing events with her. Yeah. And I kind of stupidly thought, well, we've got the 50th anniversary coming up of Lands on the Moon. Would you like me to do a talk or something? And then it just ended up <laughs> turning into a whole moon day of going actually in the shopping centre, which is Fry's Square, having loads of activities and people there and talks and gallery. And it just went boom, didn't it? It did. A lot of hard work went into it. And I have to thank my wife and Ruth and all the other people and the volunteers that did it because without them, you know, it wouldn't have happened. I was there building it all doing it all so for an outsider sort of view mm-hmm. i think it would be, be better for you to say what you thought <laughs> as opposed to me blowing my own trumpet i thought right i can have a little look round before everything yeah. kicks off get a, get a feel of it so i was looking around at all the different experiments and you know looking at the read up on it so i got a good idea of what's going on with it and there's some really inventive things for people to do i mean i think probably my one of my favorite ones is the the, the crater thing because you had all these different different weights of balls and things that would um, if you dropped them into a simulated l- lunar surface it would create different sizes of craters and this that and the other and it's great for the kids to learn about that kind of stuff it was flour <laughs> yeah and then all we did was put a bit of cocoa on the top oh right <laughs> i thought it was gonna be <laughs> that ta- was it talcum powder. So, the, so the kids loved it because it's flour and it just smelled like chocolate <laughs> and then they were just throwing like marbles and rubber balls and stuff in it seeing how it was all going 
And they, they were having a great time making a mess, weren't they? My only fear was the fact you got all these balls, and a lot of them are like kind of like these how high bounce ball things. Yep. And and I've just got this image of I don't know if you remember the old Sony Bravia advert where they launched all yes. these balls down the hill. <laughs> I've just got all, I've an image of all these balls all yep. bouncing around the shopping centre. But it's all right. We had a volunteer who ran a tight ship on there. It was all good. <laughs> and our friend, I have to mention him, Stuart Gab as well. He came along as just an astronomy mate of ours who popped along to see it. And he he was oh man he he he. Came came along to help and he end up covered in flour cocoa balls <laughs> everywhere kids throwing themselves in the pit <laughs> he loved it he had a great time bless him and i thank you for coming along and help him i was setting up and um ruth come over to me and she said look mark got one of our young uh, volunteers who's, who's on the moonwalk experience she's not 100 percent sure how this mattress actually comes into terms with how they would have walked on the moon how I see it is that the fact you got these big shoes that you can barely move in uh, <laughs> on this surface where you you can't walk, you have to kind of bounce yep. and skip and hop to get across the surface. And the the idea is that your feet sink into this this mattress which is kind of how your feet would sink into this um regolith as i've mentioned the regolith before and it would substitute that kind of uh that feel so i explained it to the girl and she was kind of saying that to everyone who went on it and, and that so it was that was another good one uh, another one of my favorite ones was what you what you called the zero g writing uh, yep. which was technically wasn't writing basically what what we had was these boxes which had a mirror at one end and inside the box was a dot to dot picture of i believe would have been an astronaut yep and um but a very simple one wasn't it it but. was but the <laughs> fact is you're looking in a mirror so everything is back to front and you're not allowed to look at the pen that you're actually using to write yeah there's a there's a bit of cardboard in the way so they couldn't see it and it proved very interesting to see some of the results that they were getting some of the kids really got it yeah well at each station we had a bit of education about the reason for the zero g thing was about the whole you know pen in space gravity doesn't work with pens it won't pull the ink down blah 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 and also you don't know where you are you're upside down you flip around here you know you're in a spaceship that you just pretty much up is up and down is down left is you, no one knows where you're going so we thought that would be quite fun just to kind of get the kids to do something silly and fun that they'd enjoy that was a little bit difficult but they could do it and there was lots of people laughing around there they really enjoyed it but then also there's a bit of information about gravity and the fact that there isn't in space and you can be upside down and it's quite disorientating you don't know where you are and that was kind of like the, the thing for that it seemed to work <laughs> yeah it certainly did um, as opposed to putting them in bungee or something and flipping them around and probably being sick and <laughs> that kind of stuff the whole day was sort of like astronaut training wasn't it is what we went for yeah yeah you, you had a mission control where the kids turned up they got a piece of paper that had all checklists of things to do and it was pretty much three different sections you had astronaut training where they met janelle the nasa lady and the, you know practicing running on the moon and jumping on the moon which was the big mattress and little bits like that to get you know, they had a, we had a gym there as well anytime it's a local one wasn't it Any, anytime. anytime I think it was anytime fitness. yeah we gave them a little list of things to do you know to keep fit and why you were doing the different exercises to do with space and they loved it they really enjoyed it the kids got you know they were jumping about and hopefully wearing them out for the parents later on and they even had their own superhero turn up for the event they did yeah <laughs> they did I forgot about that that's brilliant so yeah so there was the astronaut training bit then there was the actual right build a rocket fly to the moon craters and things like that and then there was the uh, actual landing on the moon, walking on the moon. So it's almost like you're training to go and fry a rocket to land on the moon. Kids could even design their own mission patches, you know, proper pin badges. That's our badge-making machine. Yeah. We, we use that when we go to events. So you can colour in and make your own badge. But we thought, hang on a minute, mission patches. Yeah. And the kids can make their own, or we had generic ones they could just colour in. And I think I saw one kid at the end. They must have had nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Down their top. And I thought, wow. They're quite they big like badges as well, patch. aren't they? They're quite... They're... Yeah. Yeah, they were right, aren't they? About, what would say, about four inches, something like that. that sort yeah, of we went for the bigger ones because, you know, the small ones you can't really see and kids like to draw and colour in a bit. So I thought, yeah, go for the big ones. And most of the stuff we tried to make, like any of that pretty much, you could do at home. So almost everything that was there, I mean, the mattress thing, that was just an Ikea mattress. It was all bobbly, wasn't it, on one side? Yeah. And I thought, right, that looks like it's quite hard to walk on. I think the kids will enjoy sort of bouncing like they're on the moon. That was the theme of it. And also just after I turned up, Janelle uh, Harry Wilson was 
sat there on the floor in the middle of the whole thing <laughs> trying to assemble this cardboard um, <laughs> space pod command module <laughs> <laughs> and she said to me well it should be alright it says here that two nine year olds can put this together so I should so be alright a NASA solar system ambassador <laughs> <laughs> Should be able to put this thing together. That was a that was a last minute buy from the wife. The wife saw it online and thought, "Oh man, look at this! It's only like this amount of money. It's only like twenty quid, I think." Yeah, it was. The amount of photo opportunities that thing provided as well. We have to mention the the guys from Men in Sheds. Yeah, they did the two two sort of like stick your head through selfies sort of things. One was a two big bits of wood with stands on. One was an astronaut of an alien. You could put your head through the astronaut's hole. Wag wag. Oops. And then uh, the other one was rocket, wasn't it? With two holes in so that you can put your head in the rockets if you're, you know, rocketing off into space. We keep that now, so we get to use that in any UK astronomy events so I can take it to park life again with them and kids can have fun with it. So, yeah, they did a cracking job. The other thing was the astronaut selfie itself. The (laughs) queue for that was just unbelievable. Various different size spacesuits. Um, yeah, there was like a small, medium and a large, just in case adults wanted to have a go as well. And believe me, <laughs> adults wanted to have a go as well. Yeah, I, I knew they would. Once the kids had a go, I thought, yeah, they're going to get on that. Kind of like it was a backdrop, wasn't it? We, we bought a frame with a backdrop, just just like the moon and the earth in the background. Mm-hmm. And then I actually used, because I bought some steps because we've got a big 16-inch telescope and the, the 10 inches and that kids had trouble getting up to seeing. So I've got three fold-out steps. So the larger of the three fold-out steps, I decided to go in my loft and get all the uh, leftover foil from my insulation (laughs) (laughs) and spent an evening wrapping these steps so they looked like Moonlander steps, which is ridiculous. But they loved it. They stepped down off them, didn't they? Onto the moon, wearing all their astronaut outfit. They ran towards the the, the parents taking pictures and videoing it because you could do it in slow-mo so it makes them look like they're actually bounding towards you on the moon. Yep. Get excited thinking about it now. (laughs) Janelle and I had our own stands where we could talk to people about stuff and your good self had actually written a a laminate card for us with what we do and because of that and probably some sheets that you probably had saying who does what the the rocket man motif kind of Phenomen- the phenomenon that is <laughs> <laughs> if I put Mark Taylor everyone's going to be like oh he's Mark Taylor Cause so Janelle was just NASA lady <laughs> And then Mark, I just put down as Rocket Man. Well, everyone's going to know. If someone turns up, they go, they go, who are you? Oh, Mark. Oh, Mark knows about the rockets. He's Rocket Man. And yeah, unfortunately, it kind of ended up sticking, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, no one knows your name. <laughs> we had a few broadcasting companies involved with the event. I mean, I know Bucks TV was there. I keep looking at their website to see if there's anything gone up yet. It takes a while for them to edit their stuff together because they do it so professionally. Uh, but they were there. So I'm going to keep an eye out in the future to see if any Bucks TV stuff comes up. Uh, there was another outfit there called FBL Broadcasting who were streaming live from the event. Unfortunately, uh, where I was situated wasn't a great signal and they were using 4G to actually uh, broadcast. As you can hear from this, the Rocket Man comes into play. So what we've got here, the Rocket Man. This gentleman over here knows, I think, everything that possibly could be about um, rockets. I didn't want to play the whole thing in because I'm going to put a link to their stuff in the show notes so you can go and actually look at these videos so you can see the very intermittent interview that I had with these guys and also if you want to hear Ross's talks about the Apollo moon landings it's in its entirety on this video I have to add to that that was my first talk of the day as well (laughs) (laughs) so don't judge me because I wrote the talk and then I was like right I'm gonna have to do the pilot talk now this is the first one I did say to him oh you're gonna do the second one is oh no no, we're gonna do the first one I'm like oh good because the first one is always the pilot one where I get warmed up, I try and figure out, is this working? What says here? What's that there? It seemed to go down well. And then, you know, as you go on, you then get more confident, don't you? And you get on it more. So, yeah, so that'll be my first. So, yeah, if I get anything wrong, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, we had six hours of edutaining. I like to use the word edutain. Because, edutaining. Yeah. Because you're educating and you're entertaining at the same time. Because we try and not make it a boring, stiff old speech. We try to make it fun and interactive as much as possible. 
believe me, those six hours went really quickly. When when you're talking about something that you feel passionate about, that time really does go quickly. And I, I've got to say thank you to uh, John Berger because he created this image of a Saturn V next to Big Ben or Queen Elizabeth Tower, whichever way you want. <laughs> and um, the... Bucks County Council offices in Aylesbury to show the size difference and the reason why I chose that building is that right outside where where we were hosting this event so the kids can go outside when they leave and look up at that building and go wow that building is massive but that rocket is nearly double the size yeah because like, you can say you know give Big Ben or whatever it is but the kids might then they're not going to go and actually see that and be there like right there and then are they no so then they're going to walk out of there thinking oh i really enjoyed myself hopefully and they look up and go oh yeah that's that's how wow and actually (laughs) see out there for themselves that's how big and the other thing i tried to do was instead of giving kids facts about oh there's so many liters of fuel or gallons of fuel or whatever I put it into terms that they might understand by saying, okay, so there was enough fuel to fill up one and a half Olympic-sized swimming pools. And uh, the other thing I tried to do was to, to show how much power there was in these rockets by converting the thrust into elephants which uh, was a, a feat in itself. Because <laughs> you found out how many pounds of thrust there were, yep. and then you work out how many pounds an elephant weighs, and then you convert that into uh, how many elephants that would be that this rocket would be able to lift. And I don't know how many times I actually said that there are 763 elephants of weight that this rocket can lift and as i said to you afterwards uh, i just hope the kids didn't get the wrong end of the stick with the message because i don't want them going back to school in september saying oh yeah well we learned about the rockets and there was 763 elephants went to the moon (laughs) yeah they sent elephants to the moon uh no where did you hear that uh rocket man oops (laughs) At least I don't know your name. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the one thing I will mention as well, before I forget, is pin the lander on, on the moon. Ah, uh, yes. That was class. Yeah, so uh, bless him, a friend of ours, Dominic Gurney, he printed two massive moons for us. They're actually meant to be vinyl stickers. Yeah. So we're going to take it off and actually stick it to a massive board and then have kids stick little landers on wherever they wanted to land, but not just stick it there. Think about why am I going there? What is there there? Have a look at the moon. Are there mountains in the way? Is it flat? You know, all this sort of thing. There was another map, wasn't there, actually, of all the landing sites on there. So the kids, some of them did generally pick the landing sites because they were like, well, they landed there, so it must be good. I was like, that's good way of thinking. They went up and they stuck all the little stickers on the moon. It was covered by the end, wasn't it? You could barely see the moon. Yeah. But instead, we realized we ended up in a shop, didn't I, where I was doing my talk. So, yeah, there was no noise or anything for people. We had a gallery up there as well, didn't we, with our uh, photo competition winners and everything, all the pictures from the Facebook group in there as well. And there was a window. So we thought, oh, if we stick it to the window, they could just come along and stick it to the actual window itself. And we did get permission from the uh, <laughs> the shopping centre before we stuck all these stickers all over. And they were quite easy to get off, luckily. And Mix 96, they were helping out there as well. They had a stand and um, the Mix Monster was floating about as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you need to see the Mix Monster to kind of believe it. It's a big green thing with spots. So we should have called it the Mixed Alien, shouldn't we? Yeah. For the day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, BBC Three Counties came along, and this is a bit of what they made of the day. So today, Aylesbury are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the first moon landing. From 10 till 4pm, the Fry Square shopping centre will be filled with games, crafts, activities and information about the moon landing and the wonders of space. So there's only one person I could send down to this, of course, our very own Buzz Aldrin, Phil Catchpole. Phil, how are you getting on? Very good, mate. It's just one short drive from Dunstable, Chris, but it's a giant leap for Three Counties Radio, (laughs) me being here. Do you know what? I was waiting for a quote of some sort to come into this piece today. Thank you so much, Phil. So, Phil, describe to us what you could see at the moment, what's happening. 
Right, we're in Friars Square Shopping Centre and it is absolutely brilliant, this event. There's lots of children and there's a few, few big kids as well uh, getting stuck in here to the space activities. I'll give you a list of things that you can do because it's quite extensive. There's astronaut training where you can create your own mission patch. You can learn how to write in zero G. Astronaut fitness, I think uh, I'm long overdue a bit of that myself. <laughs> and you can also practice walking on the moon. And then the next part is the flying to the moon. You can visit someone from NASA who's here. I've spoken to her. You can hear from her later on. Uh, you can pin the lander on the moon. You can learn all about rockets at the launch pad zone. You can design your rockets. You can then there's the learn about landing on the moon uh, and what that what that all means. You can have a, an astronaut selfie, which is very popular indeed. Kids getting dressed up as spacemen. And then uh, there's the moon talk and exhibition where you can learn about what it takes to get up there and then you can visit the uh, and speak to the guy Ross who is a fantastically enthusiastic man who's doing his best to educate everybody about space and he's taking all questions and I mean all questions about space and uh, we'll be hearing from him later as well but it's a brilliant event Chris because it's, it's absolutely packed in here today and uh, it's kids I don't think they're realising it at the moment but they're learning an, an awful lot whilst having quite a lot of fun as well that's what it's all about learning and having fun at the same time it's uh, it's, it's mad for it's been 50 years since the first moon landing um, and it, you know on today as well and you know kids are out there we, we could be inspiring the next generation of people going to the moon who knows or maybe even to Mars that's what we've just, we've just been chatting about now to the lady from NASA she, she, she's got some pretty good viewpoints on, on who can go to the moon and, and perhaps even further so stay tuned to listen to that but what is incredible here is the appetite for, for knowledge about something that happened 50 years ago and the fascination about the moon still today especially from the youngsters I've just uh, been listening to a talk from the, from the rocket man and the, the questions that the kids were asking him were you know, like well, when can I be an astronaut what do I need to do and of course it all comes back to well study hard at school keep yourself in shape keep you know behave yourself and then when you I think you've got to be 26 between the ages of 26 and 37 so unfortunately I've missed the cutoff point but if you're listening to this and you think I want to go to the moon and you're still at school study hard and then you never know uh, so the, that was going to be the question. If you weren't outside the bracket, Phil Catchpole, would you be one of those inspired today to go to the moon? Definitely. 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 I mean, some of the stuff that's going on here today is, uh, is incredibly inspiring. And like, just to see the kids getting involved in this, the queue for the, for the space selfie is unbelievable. And the outfits as well are fantastic. And if parents don't, they want to get involved as well, there is adult suits as well. I've just seen a parent getting out of one of them and uh, they do look a little warm. That's my only warning, these suits. They're a little hot. Phil, I think you might need to go and get a space selfie before you head back to base. So uh, we'll see if we can try and get one for you. Uh, Phil, uh, we look forward to hearing some of the interviews you've done a little bit later on. And, uh, and to infinity and beyond, my friend. Over and out. Over and out. Thank you very much, Phil Catchpole. Uh, we're going to catch up with him a little bit later on. Uh, he is uh, going to be interviewing a few of the people there. You've had a, a little taste for the people that are down there at the moment. And uh, we look forward to chatting them a little bit later on. All about inspiring the next generation. One of the children in, in the crowd today that are going to visit might well be working for NASA at some point in the future. Who knows? Once again, the rocket man makes an appearance. <laughs> Indeed. I hadn't actually heard that, to be honest. <laughs> I haven't heard that bit yet. So to, let's just sit and listen and hear that. It's really, really nice. And uh, Phil Catchpole was actually hovering around where I was for a, a while, trying to uh, get a chat with me for going onto the air. But I was so inundated with people wanting to learn that um, that wasn't possible. So I, I sent him a message saying my apologies for not being able to talk with you and he wrote back saying hi mark thanks for the message i did hover and try and catch you and it was great to see all the kids and in brackets some of the big kids hanging off your every word great work and it, it did feel good to actually hear that you know he was listening into what i was saying and and everyone else was as well because it was really for me on, on that kind of scale it was the first time that i'd done that kind of thing so so it was a good feeling to get that kind of feedback. Yeah, well, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I've done events and talks before, but that was it, was, it was epic. And yeah, I'm really pleased it went well. And it seems like everyone had a great time, enjoyed themselves. And we're just me and you. We're just people that just, you know, you picked up a mic. <laughs> yep. I picked up a telescope. And yet we've been a part of the 50th anniversary of the moon landings. 
Frontier. These are the voyages of TGP Nominal and its infinite mission to explore space, science, and technology news. To explore the world of sci-fi, comic cons, and gaming. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. We were talking about Ruth Mayhew earlier from Aylesbury Town Council, and um, she actually had a chat with uh, Phil Couchpole from Three Counties. Have a listen to this. And I'm joined by Ruth Mayhew from Aylesbury Town Council, who's organised this wonderful uh, event. Ruth, there's wonderful turnout here. We've got little kids dressed as spacemen, loads of people here getting involved. What can people do here this, today to celebrate the moon landing? There's, as you say, there's so much going on. We've got dressing up as the, the spacemen. You can practice landing on the moon. We're making craters so working out how and why the craters look like on the moon in terms of meteorite hitting it and that kind of thing you can make a mission patch you can make your own space rocket we've even got a launch zone that we can uh, see how far your, your rocket will fly there's all oh goodness me there's there's our photography competition there is uh, talks every half an hour um, all about the history of the landing of the moon and loads and loads and loads of things going on and it's all entirely free because Ellsbury Town Council provide free community events uh, to bring people together um, every single element of the event is free so that we build our communities and we educate we have fun and most importantly we spend time together as families brilliant so if someone's in the car or maybe not not far from out we're listening to this how long are you here for today we're here until four o'clock this afternoon there's plenty of car parking in the fry square shopping center um so yeah loads and loads of things to do and we're here right the way through till four o'clock with the last talk taking place at 3 30. the mayor's even coming down at three o'clock to uh, judge the uh, the children's uh, school competition as well and apparently Apparently, someone from NASA is here, is that right? That's right, a lady by Janelle. She's an American lady that she's, yeah, come all the way from America to talk to you about all things NASA. I'm afraid I don't know enough, um, but Janelle talks about loads of things. She's got, particularly focuses on the phasing and the phases of the moon, and you can wear a special kind of little, kind of space helmet type thing that teaches you all about the phases of the moon. And other experts as well, um, to do with the rocket launchers and um, the actual stars and the moon and all the planets and that kind of thing. So loads of very knowledgeable people. We've just been into the uh, presentation area. It's full of kids looking absolutely stunned and sort of in awe of what's going on. We're surrounded by kids out here in fancy dress as well. This must make you feel great seeing the amount of interest from the little kids here. This event happened 50 years ago, but still people love it. Yeah, very, very much so. And ultimately, we're teaching kids about history, you know, and we've got to do that through fun and by being together. You know, there are grandparents here today who do remember watching it. But, you know, kids, they, they don't think these days about actually what we have achieved in the past 50 years when you think that it was only 50 years ago that we first landed on the moon and how far we've come in terms of technology and everything that is um is kind of makes space exploration possible um and kind of life in general so yeah it's great to enthuse kids and to really get them to understand about space and um why we're here well brilliant to meet you ruth and great work this is great Thank you very much indeed. Come down any time to any of our other free community events. It'd be fabulous to have you here. Ruth is such a great ambassador for Aylesbury. She is. She's awesome, isn't she? Now you can understand why I think she runs it. <laughs> <laughs> Proud to say she's now become a friend. When she was talking about her grandparents and parents and kids, there is a photograph, which I actually love, that was taken on the day of me talking to a family and there's three generations of family listening to what I'm having to say and it's, it's so good to, to think that a whole family is together learning I mean the grandparents probably saw it <laughs> on TV when it actually happened. Yeah but that's great because that means you know the grandkid will go home and be like did you see it granddad? And they'd be like yeah and then they end up talking about it and, mm-hmm. you know it gets the family talking in together it was spellbinding for the kids and you could see on some of their faces where uh, like Phil was actually saying to, uh, about me when he said that I was telling kids what they needed to do if they wanted to become an astronaut because there were so many kids saying that I want to be an astronaut and I was saying to them what do you like doing at school and they were saying oh, I love science and I like maths and I said well that's a great start yeah. <laughs> you know I said you work on that and you keep 
focused and you keep yourself fit and eventually you will get that way I said at the moment um, if you got into the European Space Agency and they go up and Russian rockets you might have to learn Russian and I go really <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. but um, but who knows how we're going to get there in the future it might not be through Russian rockets we've been talking about that you did these talks every hour on the half hour wasn't it yeah pretty much yeah I think I did five in the end was it five something like that what I've got here is a recording from the guys at uh, FBL Broadcasting. They, they actually did your first talk. And this is only a small section, but I, I just love this section. And it's actually introducing the kids to the astronauts. So, Apollo 11, just nine years after American President John F. Kennedy made a speech stating we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things not because they are easy but because they are hard so he knew it was going to be a tough thing to do on the 20th of july 1969 so literally a year before it was up three men sat atop the most powerful controlled explosive device ever built that saturn V rocket is technically a bomb but it sends all its energy down to send you up they were waiting for it to ignite them into the history books those men were, does anyone know them? Does anyone know a name? Yeah, pick one. Buzz, yeah. Yeah, so we've got, do you know one? There's one missing. There's another one. Who's the one? Who's the first one? Neil Armstrong. So, we've got Neil Armstrong there. Buzz Aldrin there. And who's that guy? Not many people know him because he didn't actually go on the moon. Do you know him? Do you remember? Michael. Michael Collins, excellent. That's Michael Collins. Not many people know Michael Collins. She does. So we're going to have to remember him because he's going to come up a few times. People remember Buzz more than they remember Neil because of the name yep. Buzz. Yeah. Um, obviously because of Buzz Lightyear and, and stuff like that. And I actually learned something on the day about Buzz that I didn't actually know before. I don't know if it was something that you actually said in, in your talk, probably why somebody mentioned it to me, but Buzz Aldrin was called Buzz because his little sister couldn't pronounce the word brother. And <laughs> she called no, him, I did not know that. <laughs> she called him that's brilliant. Buzzer. Oh, that's brilliant. And because um, he's... His name was uh, Edwin. His dad's name was Edwin. And so if anybody addressed him as Edwin, he used to say, that's my dad. My name's Buzz. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually learned something on the day. <laughs> so throughout the talk, and as I said, that was my first one. Listening back now, I was like, oh, man, that was a little bit. <laughs> but I, I, it flowed after that one. It was brilliant. It was almost like a running joke because all through it all, I was kind of saying, right. And then they went down there leaving who and then they all go Michael Collins behind and then like blah 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 then they came back and welcomed Michael Collins yeah so I was almost like trying to make sure <laughs> that the kids you know remembered uh, Michael Collins and I remember actually I got a message from one of the parents on Facebook afterwards actually saying to me said thank you for an amazing event you know it was awesome really enjoyed ourselves and just to let you know, my kid hasn't shut up about Michael Collins. <laughs> <laughs> talk about Michael Collins. There's another little bit from your talk, and this bit makes me laugh. Have a listen to this. They shot back up to the command module, which is still flying around there. They docked with it, and they met with... Who was up there? Michael. Michael, Michael Collins. Jack Michael Jackson. I <laughs> Michael Collins. Yes, I do remember that, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great, because it, you know, it made it fun. It made it a good laugh. The talk, you know, was meant to be like that. And yeah, I actually forgot about that one, mate. Nice one. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> now, I, I've been following the the, oh, the, the remaining Apollo 11 astronauts on Twitter. And um, usually Buzz Aldrin is a big persona on Twitter. He's He was out and about doing things. So he was a bit quiet in comparison to how he is normally. But Michael Collins was hilarious on Twitter. Um, he was asking people to ask him questions questions on twitter and one of the questions asked was who 
told the worst jokes on board the <laughs> spacecraft was it Neil or was it Buzz and he said no it was me which somebody else answered ah is that why they made you go around in the spacecraft on your own and not go on the moon <laughs> excellent yeah his jokes are really bad I can't spend another moment with him we'll, we'll leave him up there <laughs> funnily enough I think he uh, my wife tweeted about uh, the event or something like that and he actually I think he liked it wow Michael Collins himself either liked it or tweeted it on or something like that my, my wife told me because she didn't she didn't have a clue about anyone let alone michael collins but now she knows who michael collins is so it's, it's working it's awesome everybody now knows hopefully the three astronauts that went to the moon so if we, if we got a like from michael collins that's just amazing that's um yeah that's that's blown me away <laughs> so we're heading towards the end of the event now and um, I, I said to Janelle at the beginning I'd love to have a chat with you and she said sure if we can find a couple of minutes we'll see what we can do so when we, everything was being packed up we're in the, the big uh, shop where you were doing the, the talks from it was the only time you got a chance wasn't it at the end really yeah so um, this is um, me with well the NASA lady Janelle Harrier-Wilson and I'm here in Aylesbury Town Centre in the Friars Square at the end of Moon Day, uh, celebrating the 50 years of the Apollo moon landings with Janelle Harrier-Wilson. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Now, how did you find today? Oh, it was really good. It was very busy throughout the entire day and it was filled with kids who seem to really love science and space and want to learn more, so it was fantastic. So you are one of NASA's solar system ambassadors. Correct. What does that actually entail? So it is a volunteer outreach position. The application uh, process is open once a year in the U.S. for people to become a solar system ambassador. They usually accept a few, I don't know, 20, 50 every year to the program. And then you run outreach events. So the big idea is to run at least one a quarter throughout the year, so four events a year, just to get people excited about space, science, STEM, what NASA is doing so I'm I've been part of that for almost 10 years now and when I moved over here they said hey you can keep doing it so I end up being the only one in the UK who's a solar system ambassador what kind of things were you doing when you were back home I was teaching um, science there, similar to I do now. And in terms of events, I would do quite a few things with schools, um, both my school and other schools locally. Um, we One of our biggest events was a Maker Fest. And I, I taught high school, and our, all of our students worked together to throw a big event, um, a, a kind of like a Maker Fair. And um, that was I had a, a booth where I was explaining about space and NASA and all that sort of thing. So that was one of the big ones. I've done. Has that changed much from now you're over here? Or? So it's quite similar here. So I still do quite a few things with my with my school and then just um, locally and obviously I help out with UK astronomy because they're in right um, in my local area so I help Ross out with things quite often. And uh, you've done quite a few events with UK astronomy now. I have you? now, yeah, yeah I have. Um, I've done, I'm trying to think how many, um, it's been at least three or four now I would think. Um, in fact, we had them, um, they came out to my school this past weekend too. So, done quite a few things. How does this event compare to? This was really good. I was really pleased with the turnout. It was more than I expected probably it would be. Um, it was really good because it was uh, hundreds of, of people, mostly you know kids with their parents. So it was really good. I must admit for myself, it was different for me because this is probably the largest audience I've had mm. well I say that being a podcaster you don't, you don't know really half know. the time <laughs> but um, it's been absolutely fascinating I think Ross has been bigging, bigging me up a bit too much on the on the, uh, the read up but uh, I think I got away with it <laughs> <laughs> yes apparently I know everything about the universe too so I, th I think he did a bit of that for me too <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big power to have mm, it is <laughs> Well, Janelle, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with you. And I've been wanting to catch up with you for a long time. And because of what you do for the space community, I would like to make you one of our honorary crew members. Well, that would be amazing. So what we ask people is um, we give them one of our mission patches. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if I can have a photograph with you holding it. So absolutely, that yeah. We can put you on the 
the mission war. Yeah, absolutely. Were. Sounds good. So, uh, as I say, thanks again, and um, hope to speak to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Soon. Me too. Thank you. There was a couple of other events that I wanted to um, meet up with her, uh, but I, unfortunately, I couldn't get to. When I knew that she was going to be attending Moon Day, I was like, oh, fantastic. And she was saying, you know, hundreds of people that turned out. Apparently, it was between 1,200 and 1,500 people. I think it was 1,500 to 2,000, Bruce said in the end. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a constant 200 people, constantly. She yeah. said they had people going around and checking, and it was always, there was like 200 people always in the room <laughs> or something like that. So that's mad. <laughs> it is. And um, one thing I will say, yourself, Frankie and Ruth, um, you all kept coming over to me every now and then, just asking if I was okay and 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 that. And uh, you you've you, you know you've all volunteered your time to come and do that. And I I try and look after you know anyone that comes and helps. Like I don't like to make you think like you've been forgotten. So every time a talk finished, I went sure I walked around, said you okay, you all right? Do you need a drink? Do you need anything? Because as far as I'm concerned, you know you're there helping me. So that was the end of the day, and and we were all completely frazzled by the end of it. But it was it was um, <laughs> yeah. a good frazzled, if you know what I mean. It was um, a sense of well being. It's strange, isn't it? You kind of you finished, and like like I messaged everyone afterwards, just saying like thank you so much for coming. It was a really good event. Hope you enjoyed it. And I think everyone just had this sense of like I'm shattered, <laughs> but. I feel really good. I feel like I've made a difference. I feel like today I, I go home with pride and, you know, a smile on my face. Yeah. Well, I went back to Simon from Field of Force Day about it because he was saying, oh, let me know where it went and, and stuff. So I did. And he said, hmm. maybe you found your calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to do, as I always say, do what you love. Do what, you know, you're passionate about. Because as you saw, it, it rubs off on people, doesn't it? If you're passionate people come up and go oh wow he's yeah oh and then they get excited about it as well because obviously they're there because it's something that they're interested in yeah and if you have someone there being passionate as well instead of just going yeah the rocket went up yeah it landed cool make it fun make it exciting make it, it they then get fun and they go oh this is cool i want to go and do this i want to learn something about this and then they go home and probably open up a book or go on the internet and google apollo 11 then they learn they get interested and then they go and do it I made a point of telling the kids that if they wanted to see some of the stuff, they could go to the Science Museum in London and have a look at this stuff. And I said, there's also the, the spacesuit of the first Britain in space. And, uh, oh, what, Tim Peake? And I was like, no, not Tim Peake. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most well-known. <laughs> so I was saying that the first Britain in space was actually a woman called Helen Sharman and they were like wow you know and I uh, said so, yeah she was up there in 1990 1991 and um, yeah her space suit is actually at the science museum you can have a look at that yes it's awesome like, like when, we, when we talk to the kids and all that, I always say in my talk at the end of it I kind of said right now we need to go back and I say NASA are actually talking about going back I don't think they're going to get there when they're saying they're going <laughs> to no but we will go back, hopefully. Well, no, I think we will. I think we will go back. I think the public, you know, they're, they're, they want to do it again, don't they? I always say to the kids there, I'm like, look, male, female, dog, monkey, flies, all these things have been up there in space. Mm -hmm. I was like, so anyone can do it. Anyone. I said, so go out there and do it. Go out and, you know, do something. I said, even if you don't go to the moon or you don't go to space, be a part of it. I said to the kids, there are so many people involved with the space program. You've got scientists, you've got astrophysicists, you've got planetary uh, scientists. And I, I mentioned, um, not by name, I should have done really, um, that someone I know actually works on the LRO program. And if you, if you don't know who that is, he's been on the show a couple of times, a guy called Noah Petro. He's a planetary scientist and such an interesting guy to talk to yeah and it's like his like people have passions just with orbits calculating orbits and figuring out how things go and how things interact with each other and things like that and you know there's, so there's, there's loads of different things if you're into it I, i'm into just looking up at the sky so i'm yeah. happy <laughs> i mean we, we talk about stem subjects but we, we we like to elongate that to the steam subjects and and when i say steam obviously you've got your science your technology your engineering you've got your maths but you add a bit of art to that as well and some people might say that seems a bit silly adding 
art to it but it's not because how do you design these things you need to be able to draw that's how these rockets and things are actually made into reality through people drawing these things to scale and that's where your art comes in and also think about it you don't get pictures back of planets you get data and then someone has to turn that data into a picture and then you play around with that picture to make it look nice technically it's photoshopping so it's art like art isn't just paint and coloring now it's actually on computer graphic design and all Mm -hmm. this stuff making it you know, accessible to us to see. Well, that's how how uh, astrophotography works. A layer exactly. upon layer upon layer of images to make one big, proper image. Yeah, and no, no two are the same. Every single person, they might take a picture of the same thing up there in the sky, but every person has their own little artistic edge to it how they like it to look and how they like to bring out the different elements that are out there that is for sure well i think we better bring this episode to an end because it's it's turned into more of a tgp <laughs> a tgp nominal episode rather than a tgp nominal extra episode but that's no big thing because we wanted to make it a bit of an uber episode because of the fact that we didn't do anything for july and we really sorry about that but it has been manic yeah i i had to take like a week off <laughs> after that month just to just to get over it because i was just like oh man but it was it was brilliant wasn't it? it was great and yeah we've waffled on too long <laughs> spanhead productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural hertfordshire we specialize in creating content for all your podcasting needs whether it be field recordings fox pops or capturing the atmosphere during social events editing is a very time-consuming job so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spanheadproductions.weebly.com. So Ross, thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you. I mean, like, think about it just for inviting me onto a podcast now we've gone and celebrated the 50th anniversary together yeah and what a way to do it yeah so hopefully in the future i'll see more of you so yeah that's the end of this episode um hopefully later on in the month we'll be coming back with john Berger's trip to pax east that's the penny arcade expo that was in boston massachusetts so once again i always like to say thanks for listening Take care, one and all, and we'll speak to you all again real soon. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.